I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, bimanual fake emulsification. Cataract surgery is indeed a refractive procedure. We should decrease any refractive change that is unpredictable in order to make a more predictable refractive approach to cataract surgery. First this. The Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education requires a financial interest disclosure before any CME activity. Dr. Alio declares no real or apparent conflicts of interest. You can now get Category 1 CME credit for listening to As Seen From Here. Go to asseenfromhere.com and click on the link marked CME. For right now, you'll need to print the quizzes out and mail them in. We hope to have electronic versions of the quiz available by the end of this year. Big news for iTunes users. You can now get As Seen From Here through iTunes. Go to asseenfromhere.com and click on the iTunes Users link. Then click the subscribe button and you're done. The separation of irrigation from aspiration has proved of great utility in cataract extraction during cortical cleanup. Yet, the handpiece we use in the most challenging part of cataract surgery, the phaco emulsification itself, weds the irrigation sleeve to the phaco needle. This results in the contradiction of our recognition of the importance of the control of fluidics while ourselves having no control over the simple direction of the irrigation. Some cataract surgeons have begun to introduce techniques which separate irrigation and phacoemulsification into separate handpieces. One advocate of this bimanual phaco is Jorge Alio, who compared this new technique with more conventional single handpiece phaco in a recent paper in ophthalmology. He refers to his bimanual phaco technique as microincision cataract surgery, MICS, or simply MIX. I asked him why our current techniques need improvement. Well, uh, how can we improve uh, today's technique is clearly related to, the, to, the, to a way or any way in which we can decrease surgical aggressiveness and decrease also the stigmatic change that we use with the, with the surgery because the, the, today's phagomusification is well recorded and is proven that change the vectorial stigmatic component of the, of the cornea. In a relatively unpredictable way, it depends, of course, on the incision size. It depends on the incision location. But in one way or another, or other, more than three millimeters incision is going to create a change in the stigmatic power of the cornea. And so, what we have is to look for a better way to operate cataracts, decreasing the surgical aggressiveness that indeed will increase our quality of surgery and will decrease the surgical excuse me, the post-operative recovery time. And uh, as today is, in today's practice, in today's uh, ophthalmic practice, cataract surgery is indeed a refractive procedure. We should decrease any refractive change that is unpredictable in order to make a more predictable refractive approach to cataract surgery. And this is why I moved into minimal incision techniques or micro-incisional techniques years ago in order to look for a way to better control surgical induced astigmatism. So the answer is, to decrease surgical aggressiveness and to, de- and to increase uh, refractive control on surgical-induced astigmatism. Now, there are several phrases that you coined for the purpose of the study. One of them is MICS. Can I have you explain what MICS means? Yes, MICS mix is a concept. 
is uh, uh, an with a with a with a word is uh, which is microincisional cataract surgery is um, in this concept is everything that I have mentioned to you is to look for a better way to operate cataracts, decreasing surgical aggressiveness and improving the control of surgical induced astigmatism. And to do this, you can use different types of energy. For instance, you can use lasers, like the DOTIS photolysis system. You can use vacuumification, like we did in the paper. You can use other ways of, en of energy, like, for instance, cavitation. Anything that can fit through a macrocision uh, is number one. Number two is with macrocisional surgery, we try to control fluidics in, in a much better way. And to control fluidics, you need to work in a closed environment. The closed environment means that you have to, to eliminate the outflow from the incisions to the, to limit, and to eliminate this outflow, you need to decrease the incision size and to make them more adequate to the surgical instruments that you're introducing through these incisions. So the fluidics is uh, the mandatory issue to, to get into control in, in mix. And this is a concept that uh, in order to, uh, to, to, to achieve the goals that I have mentioned to you formerly, it tries to create a much better surgical environment inside the eye, improving fluidics, decreasing the energy that, it, that we use uh, to, for cataract surgery, or changing to other forms of energy that are more conservative for the intraocular structures, and finally to make a better surgery with a faster visual recovery and with a, a much better uh, post-operative recovery as well. You contrast this with coaxial phaco. Just to be clear, coaxial phaco is the standard technique that most of us doing phaco use, where the phaco needle is coaxial with the irrigation. Absolutely, that this is exactly correct. And coaxial phaco is uh, what, what the word is, is meaning: is that to have uh, the aspiration, the the vacuum tip, or or any the type of tip that you use at that moment, uh, coaxially to the irrigation. So irrigation and aspiration is coming through the same incision. In bimanual facomusification in mix, you use two incisions because you separate. And this is a very important concept as well, irrigation from aspiration. The issue for that is, number one, to decrease the, the incision size, of course, but number two, to, to improve the fluidics. If you use one incision for the irrigation, not for the aspiration, you transform irrigation aspiration not in fluidics, but, but rather in instruments. You can use the irrigation, for instance, to keep the cascular back more widely open during surgery. You can use the, the irrigation also to, to attract the fragments towards the, the aspiration tip in a much better way. And this is to transform uh, the, 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 the process of fluidics into a surgical process in which fluidics are used to improve the outcome of the surgery, decreasing also the use of other type of energy uh, inside the eye. Can I have you describe the design of the study? Yes, the, the, the study was a consecutive, randomized, um, ethically, ethical board uh, approval, a consecutive study that was randomized between coaxial phacomusification and mixed microincisional cataract surgery phacomusification uh, uh, by the same surgeon with the same phacomacine uh, and with the same surgical parameters, the same phacotip and the same intraocular lenses. So the only variable was to use either mix or coaxial phacomusification. The rest was absolutely equivalent, including cataract uh, uh, type and also cataract uh, uh, grade, according with the LOCS-CS3 uh, uh, system. This is written in the paper. And what was the size of the, the patient base for, for the study? How, how many eyes were... Yes, 50, 
50 patients in this group. One eye, so it's 50 right. eyes of 50 patients. That's right. What are the parameters that, that you looked at? Uh, I, I, I know one of the things that you looked at was the endothelial cell count, the pachymetry. What are some of the other parameters that, that you looked at for this? Very good. Uh, all, all of this is in the paper, but the main outcome measures were uh, endothelial cell count, right? A, a volume of fluid of fluid of BSS used during surgery, a laser flasher meter measuring the flare and the cells in the anterior chamber in the post-op, was a vectorial change in astigmatism measured by topography, by corner topography, a mean facultification time, mean facultification power, and effective echo time, among others. Did the LOX3 grades of the cataracts have the same distribution for the two procedure Yes, of course. Yes, yes. This, is, this was reported also in the paper. We, we take care in, in including patients with the same degree of cataract, same grade of cataract in both groups, and these were included consecutively but randomized into one group or the other. Can I have you walk me through one of the MICS procedures? Yes, of course. The, the, the patient is prepared as in any intraocular surgery, and then is um, in. Uh, first of all, we start the surgery uh, with a mark in the positive meridian. We always use the uh, one of the incisions in the positive meridian in mix, and the main incision in the in the in, well the, the the incision in the coaxial group was made also in the positive meridian. It's obvious that we do that in order to induce any change in the positive meridian decrease in preoperative astigmatism. And then the, the second incision in mix is, per, is performed 90 degrees apart from this incision. We call this incision, the incision in, in the positive meridian, the leading incision of the surgery. The reason for that is the one in which uh, that will be used in the, uh, for the intraocular lens implantation. So whatever increase in the incision or whatever strong manipulation that is to be made in any incision, it is always made in the positive meridian incision, which is the leading incision of the surgery. Then we use in, in each one of our cases the same machine, which is the Infinity Vision System from Alcom, and, with the, and with, with the surgical parameters that are written in the paper. The surgery is performed in bimanual way. Bimanual, uh, bimanuality is a mandatory issue in the surgery, and indeed is the way in which we in, I think we improved the surgery as well because to use both hands has proven to be most effective in vitro retinal surgery and indeed is, is much better for cataract surgery as well. Irrigation aspiration is performed aspiration with the with the faculty and with the irrigation with a special instruments that I designed with Catina. You know that is a U.S. company that has assisted us in the design of many instruments that have been proven to be very effective and helping the surgery a lot in the transition to mix. And the irrigation instrument is a very important one. And I want to stress this fact to those that will listen to this educational report, because the, the irrigation instrument should deliver inside the eye at least 65 cent, uh, cubic centimeters per minute in the uh, in the air. That means that should have an outflow that is uh, large enough to keep the volume and the fluidities inside the eye in balance. Uh, not every instrument in the, which is available in the, in the in the market it provides this inflow inside the eye. But indeed, my instrument, the instrument that I designed with Katina, the what I call the irrigation sting. The irrigation steam provides 65 cc's per minute in the air. Of course, inside the eye, it depends on the, vo on, on, the, on the pressure which is existing inside the eye. And with this, we, uh, we create a closed environment with no outflow from the incisions, and we make all the surgery 
in this closed environment using a volume of fluid that that shows a trend to be less with time. Uh, the total volume of fluid uh, used during surgery has been less than 100 cubic centimeters, which is very, very low. Uh, this happened also in coaxial because probably we have improved coaxial surgery a lot. And uh, with these um, uh, maneuvers, and especially with pre-chopping, which is another uh, the, uh, maneuver that we use in the, in the paper, we decrease the, the use of phacomusification uh, power, the phacomusification energy during the surgery. Our aim was to decrease the surgical time or to decrease the phaco power, and this proving to be exactly what happened. Can you describe what the instruments look like for the bimanual surgery, what the irrigation instrument looks like, and is the FACO needle used with, with no sleeve? It's just, just the, just the uh, needle the, Let me answer to you first the instruments. Instrumentation in mix is important because these instruments are at this moment specific for mix. We started mix with no instruments, and we uh, learned very quickly that no instruments means poor surgery, and indeed you should use the adequate instruments for this. This is why I created, and others authors have created as well, specific instruments, and the, the, those that are more important are, number one, in my opinion, the Casuraxis forceps um, um, instrument. This Casuraxis forceps makes mix to, to have a Casuraxis that is much more controllable, and it's a very important intraocular instrument because it helps a lot in other maneuvers. Number two is the irrigation instrument. The irrigation instrument that I have designed and is the one that I use now for my practice is the irrigation stinger. The irrigation stinger of Catina has substituted in my hands the, the, the choppers and all the other instruments that were used before because at the beginning we were using instruments from a transition from regular facomusification to a new technique and you know that in this transition you try to adapt the old instruments to new techniques. Usually this works partially and later on are modifying is exactly what we did. We have uh, designed different instruments and the latest one that, and the only one that I use at this moment is the Catina irrigation stinger of my name, of Alio Stinger, that is uh, taking the functions of irrigating and also to sting, that means to, to, to manipulate, to cut, to dissect, to, to, to move fragments inside the eye according with the fluidics. The fluidic of my instrument, of the irrigation stinger, is from the very beginning facing down the, the flow. To face down the flow, in my opinion, is important because the irrigation instruments that you can see in the market can irrigate from the tip, from the front tip, or laterally. Laterally, they induce uh, turbulences inside the eye that makes the fragments of the cataract to go behind the iris. And this is a problem that is very frequently found by surgeons that they, in the postoperative, they have fragments that they never realize that were behind the iris and they were behind the iris because the turbulence is created by the fluidics. In front uh, irrigating tips, uh, the problem is that they compete with the aspiration. That means that the flow, the inflow of the, of the irrigation instrument is uh, going to the same area in which aspiration is being produced. And this is, of course, a way to, to lose the effectiveness of the, of the irrigation because what I do, which is to, to use the fluid, the flow, down, in the, down means towards the cataract, makes the fragments to be inside the cascular back, makes the fragments to be with a wide open cascular back uh, that decreases the risk of getting any cascular disruption and of course gets the fragments inside the cascular back means that you will vacuumcify them uh, with the vacuumcification tip inside the cascular back without having these fragments floating in the dual chamber or in the posterior chamber behind the iris. The, this, uh, these two instruments are very important, and the third instrument that I want to stress that is important is how do you make the incisions. You make the incisions with a blade, 
that has a calibration. My incisions are 1.2 millimeters internal and 1.4 millimeters external to make a wider incision external than internal that makes room to the, for the instruments to move without distorting the corneal lamella. That, of course, created uh, this distortion uh, is against the effectiveness of this incision to be self-sealed. Um, these blades are um, at this moment manufactured by many companies. All of them are calibrated, but I, I want to strongly uh, indicate that 19 gauge instruments is the gauge of my instruments that are the, those that are to be fit through the adequate incision, and this incision should be of the size of the instruments in the internal part of the cornea in order to create a sealed incision and not allowing outflow to come from the incision. This is why I stress the fact of the blade. In Catina, they manufacture this blade in a diamond blade, which is with my name as well. These incisions are trapezoidal and are another important part of the technique. So incisions of the adequate size, adequate shape, Intraocular instruments such as the casuralisis forces, important to get intraocular maneuvers such as casuralisis in a much more controllable way. And number three, irrigation, uh, the irrigating stinger, facing down the flow, getting the flow inside the casular bag, uh, getting more control on the fragments, and indeed helping the surgeon with, uh, with the sting to uh, eliminate the fragments with the facomsegation tip, which is a regular sleeveless macro tip of the alconefinity system. The incision that you make, as, as you said, is uh, 1.4 millimeters externally, 1.2 millimeters on the inside. When you go to insert the intraocular lens, do you need to widen that wound? This is exactly what has to be done because these incisions are still too small for the mixed lenses that we have. The mixed lens that I use in the study is the Acritec mixed lens. This is a lens that has 5.5 millimeters of diameter and 12 millimeters of total length. It's a plate haptic acrylic hydrophobic design and it needs to be introduced inside the eye as an incision of around 1.7 millimeters. So that means that you have to enlarge the incision several uh, microns, right? And with these uh, microns, uh, you get the, in the injector cartridge tip. Uh, just uh, inside the external incision, you don't enter the eye or into the eye with the cartridge tip because they, this is exactly what makes you to, to widen the incision too much. And with this maneuver, that means insinuating or, or just getting the, the, the cartridge tip inside the external incision, then you can deliver the lens using the corneal tunnel as part of the injector. This is a very important concept because with this lens, we use the, the, the lens through an average of 1.7 millimeters. That means that we had some cases in which a smaller incision was feasible, while in others we had to enlarge, say, a little bit larger, basically because we were not using a, a, a calibration blade instrument for this purpose. You know, anyway, that stretching an incision to, 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 to get into the incision, the corner incision, even external, a cartridge, makes some distortion of the lamella to happen, and this is why it, spontaneously you get, an, an, to some degree, a widening of the incision just because of this maneuver. But the average size that we achieved to have at the end of the procedure with a caliper was 1.7 millimeters. Just to clarify what, what you just said, when you go to insert the, the lens, what you do is, is that you applinate the injector cartridge to, to, the, to the wound, that, that it, it sort of goes in the external aspect of, of, the, of the wound, but the uh, tip of the cartridge does not go into the anterior chamber. 
And basically, as long as the interior aspect of the wound is the same size as the lumen of the, of the cartridge, then you can insert the uh, lens through this, this wound without widening it so large that the cartridge goes in the eye. Absolutely right. This is exactly what, what we do. And do it always in the incision place in the positive meridian. The good thing of, of this bimanuality is that you don't need to move around the eye anymore. You, for instance, in every surgery that I perform, with mix, I am sitting in the 12 o'clock position, that means just behind the, the patient's head, and I use either my left hand or my right hand to introduce the lens with the injector because I have 180 degrees of the eye in front of me, and whatever is the, the, the positive meridian, I have access to, the, to any, any meridian with my left or my, or my, or my right hand. With quasi-fagomcification, you need to move to the lateral positions or to any other position in order to, to enlarge the positive meridian incision in the positive meridian. And this positive meridian, of course, depends only of one incision at this moment. The incisions that, that you made were single-plane, right? They, they, these were not biplanar. Single-plane incisions, that's right. Can you tell me what the results of the study were, how MICS compared to the conventional coaxial phaco? Okay, the, well, summary of the outcomes is, is important because first, uh, we thought that we were going to use a significantly lower amount of, flu of fluid and to achieve a lower uh, loss of endothelial second. That was not the case. We were in the limit of significance, but we couldn't prove that we were using significantly less fluid and, to de and decreasing the endothelial cell loss in a significant way. So, so far, the technique is not uh, better for endothelial uh, preservation, right? Uh, we uh, didn't observe a decrease in the postoperative flare or cells measured with, a, with laser photometry. Uh, that means that uh, our procedure was about the same in terms of intraocular inflammation. Let's say that in, intraocular inflammation was very low in both, uh, in both cases anyway. The, the, the significant result happened in the, in the mean FACO power used for, the, for mix. Mean FACO power in mix was significantly lower than in coaxial FACO. And surgical time was is, is statistically not significant. The effective FACO time that you know that is a, um, an equation in which you include the, effect, the, the FACO power and the FACO time used for a given type of, 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 of surgical procedure was significantly decreased as well. And also was decreased, of course, the incision size, which was obvious that we were using a much smaller incision size. And the surgical-induced astigmatism was significantly reduced in mix in a very highly significant way. So the, the, the outcome measures that were improved significantly with the surgery were mean faco power significantly decreased with mix, effective faco time significantly decreased with, uh, with mix, and surgical induced astigmatism very significantly decreased with mix. The rest of the parameters were equal, which really means that we have other factors involved in the intraocular uh, uh, surgical aggressiveness. Most probably to decrease the endothelial cell loss, we need to target in a different way the fluidity, and much probably we have other factors uh, involved in, the, in, in, in this issue, most probably related to the surgical procedure itself. One advantage of coaxial phaco is the cooling of the phaco needle that you get by the irrigation fluid. Did any of the patients from this study have wound burns with the unguarded needle of the bimanual technique? 
Okay, as, as you know, the mix is a concept. Mix is a concept in which uh, we try to decrease surgical aggressiveness. And decreasing surgical aggressiveness means to decrease the use of acomicification energy. So this is why you have to transform your procedure into parameters of ACO that are more conservative. We were using, in, for this study, hyperpulses, which is a mode of, of, of pulse FACO that is available in the Alcon Infinity platform. And this pulse FACO uh, uses a very short periods of acumulation followed by larger periods of no acumulation at all. As we're using high vacuum levels in this, in this, in this, in the paper, uh, where we're using 550 uh, millimeters of mercury of vacuum, indeed you have the time in the minta, uh, in between the acumulation shots, bursts, uh, to make the, the vacuum to eliminate not only the fragments but even the cathode, depending on the degree of cathode that you are operating. So the, the issue is that you, you are not exposed to FACO borne as far as you are using very low power, the, the, the percentage of power that was set for both a type of, of service for coaxial and mix was 20% in both. Uh, we were using the same parameters with squash hyperpulses of 80 milliseconds, 40% off. That means that 40% of the time we were not using facomusification. And with these parameters, the, the recreation of, of friction leading to an increasing heat in, in, the, in the temperature of the faculty is minimal. Of course, you need to be sure that, uh, that this is made in an environment in which you have good aspiration because fluidics are, are in part responsible for the refrigeration of the faculty. But we have had in, the, in, in this paper, in the, in the cases that we've reported, not a single case of complication. And of course, I'm practicing this since uh, three years. We have several thousands of cutters already operated with the technique. As I had only one facoborn that was due to an inadequate use of the viscoelastic and of course, to have an adequate circulation and adequate fluidics just immediately before the, uh, you start facomusication is important. That means that before starting the, 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 with the foot pedal to facomusify the cataract, you need first to be in position two, aspirating part of the, of the material, of the, of the viscoelastic material, and allowing room for the fluid to start working inside the eye and refrigerating the faculty. So my advice to surgeons is first, you, you, you need to decrease the surgical facomusication uh, uh, parameters. Look at the paper. You have to decrease faco power to 20%. You can do perfect surgery with 20% faco power in a linear facomusication uh, uh, standard use of, of it. Uh, hyperpulses or pulse faco is good for those that are not having the infinity platform to use a, a pulse faco with two pulses per second. 20% is more than enough to not have any problem with the surgery. And first just fractions of seconds before going to position three of the foot pedal, be in position two just to start aspirating and irrigating inside the eye. And with this, you will have no problem at all with facoborns. Are there patients who more benefit from the technique that, that you've described here? And are, are, there, are there patients that, that, you, that you would prefer to do coaxial phaco on? And what I'm thinking of are patients with very dense lenses where, where, you're, where you're obligated to use higher FACO powers and more concerned with things like needle cooling? Right. This is a very good question. In the, in the study, we included grade three cataracts of LUX3 system, which are the average cataracts that we have in Western world, in, in your country and in my country and in Europe. If you go to the third world, this is a completely different issue. You will have hard cataracts, white cataracts or hard rock cataracts, and in these cases, you need to increase the power. 
Uh, it is my opinion at this moment that we don't have the adequate um, um, technology to make brunescence or intumescent or extremely hard cartilage with mix. The main reason for that is exactly what you have been pointed out, that uh, you need to increase the FACO power to limits in which you, can, you indeed can increase the temperature of the FACO tip creating FACO burn. We have had, I told you before, only one case of FACO burn, and this was a technical, surgical technical mistake. It was not related to, to the hardness of the cartilage. But I advocate to those surgeons that start with this technique not to go into hard cartilage until they get comfortable with the technique, until they have the adequate instruments and they have the adequate control. At this moment, and after several thousands of cartridges operated with mix, I make mix in every single cartridge, including hard rock cartridges, like a white cartridge with uh, intumescent, and only very brunescent cartridge uh, is, uh, at this moment, uh, my indication for coaxial. The reason for that is that still today, I think that we have a much larger background with coaxial, and we, need, and we know much better how to handle this uh, hyperbrunation scatters with coaxial for communication. Most probably, it's a question of experience, and most probably, the more experience we have with mix, the better we shall know how to handle with these uh, limit cases for mix at this moment. Uh, I think it's important to know that mix is now as a standard technique for many surgeons. I know that this is not popular in the States because you don't have the mix lenses, but indeed, I have found such a such a advantage in getting in controlling the surgical induced astigmatism for my cases that at this moment my practice with relaxing incisions is is getting much better outcomes once that I control the surgical induced astigmatism. My my cataract surgery at this moment is a refractive procedure, and we perform more and more indications for refractive purposes for cataract surgery, even for non-cataract patients who are in presbyopic ages, right? And these cases are indeed to be refractive, including astigmatism. If you control the surgical induced astigmatism, your calculation of the relaxing decisions or any technique that you prove in your hands to be effective becomes much more controllable, much more predictable, and indeed get a much better outcome. This, my advice to surgeons is to go to mix, even that you don't have at this moment the lenses, because this technique is to be learned. It's a much better technique. You control much better the fluidities. You control much better the surgical environment, and you decrease the FACO power and effective FACO time. Even that you don't have in the States the lenses, these lenses will be available soon. Number two, as this is a standard procedure for many surgeons like me, eh, don't make the mistakes that we did. Don't use instruments that are adapted to the technique. Go to the adequate instruments. Get the adequate blades. Get the blades that will make a trapezoidal incision of 1.2 millimeters internal and 1.4 external because that will allow you to get adequate incisions for the, for the surgery. Otherwise, you will have leak incisions. If you have a parallel incision in the cornea, these incisions will end edematous and you will have a leaking system just following that. Get the adequate irrigation instrument. Remember that you have to get in there 65 cc's per minute at least to have an adequate inflow as far as you are using high vacuum levels in the surgery. Otherwise, you will have collapses and shorts will happen in a negative way in your hands. And number three, it is my firm belief that we are moving into even smaller incisions in the future. Uh, this is a normal trend in, in cataract surgery. From the very beginning, we move from the intracastular to the extracastular to small incision, now micro incision, because the incision is becoming a, a, a way to control the quality of our surgery. Mix is a better surgery in my hands. Mix is a better surgery for my patients. And if you are using mix with the standard lenses, with the standard facomusication uh, uh, lenses, my advice is, uh, not to enlarge the incisions of mix for the, for the surgery 
uh, with uh, lenses, but use the, the incisions that are made for to control astigmatism. If I make relaxed incisions, I do relaxed incisions, by the way, in about two-thirds of my patients at this moment, but I enlarge for to use conventional lenses. If I, you are using, for instance, multifocals, other lenses that are not at this moment with mixed uh, design, then I enlarge the, the, the incisions that I do to control astigmatism. That means the relaxed incisions. I prefer to make a third incision for the lenses because then the stability of the, of the wounds that are created for the mix is much better as well. So this is basically what I, what are my basic advice. Don't go to a learning curve, go to a training curve. Learning curve is learning by yourself. Training curve is being trained by the experienced surgeons. Go to an adequate mix course or get the book. The, the many books that are mixed, I recommend my book. That is available through Highlands of Ophthalmology International. It's called Mix, and you have most of my philosophy and the instruments there. It was published last year, in 2004. Uh, use the, use the, the positive meridian uh, strategy to, for the mix, uh, to place the mixed incisions. Use relaxing incisions to control astigmatism and enlarge these incisions to use conventional lenses. This will prove to be, in your hands, a much better technique than the standard one. George, thank you very much. Okay, thank you. It was great to talk to you, but indeed it's a nice uh, way to, to deliver this interesting topic. I'm very happy that you could call me. Jorge Alio is Professor and Chairman of Ophthalmology at the Instituto Ophthalmologico de Alicante at the Universidad Miguel Hernandez in Alicante, Spain. His paper, Outcomes of Microincision Cataract Surgery versus Coaxial Phacoemulsification, is in press in ophthalmology. I've been asked by several listeners to create a mailing list to distribute information about upcoming programs. To keep with the podcast's interactive theme, I've set up a discussion group. By joining the group, you will get occasional emails from me describing upcoming programs, topics I'm working on, and guests I have lined up for interviews. You'll also be able to suggest papers and guests for future podcasts, and you'll be able to discuss the podcasts with other listeners. To get enrolled, click on the Contact Us button on asseenfromhere.com and indicate that you want to be enrolled in the mailing list in the message body. I will... Of course, not send spam. Colon, close parentheses, Josh. Ask questions of Dr. Alio or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Call our listener response lines. In the United States, dial area code 646-808-0231. In the United Kingdom, dial 020-7558-8275 or Skype JYoungMD. Those numbers can be found on our website as seenfromhere.com. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.